The guests on Love Hurts occasionally use some adult language and go into some more intense subject matter, but that's kind of how real life works anyway. This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. Today's guest is Julia Pugachevsky. Julia is a writer, editor, and video producer living in Brooklyn. Growing up, Julia had mainly one close friend through middle and high school. When they got to college, they started to drift apart and continued to drift until one day her friend ghosted on their friendship. She shares the fallout of that experience, and we also talk about the way the ups and downs of female friendships are portrayed in pop culture. Hey, Julia, how's it going? I'm great. How are you? Doing pretty good. Just having a fun Sunday night. I just made an apple pie. Oh, nice. Yeah, I had a real fall weekend. <laughs> peak fall, yeah. Yeah, this is peak fall. Um, yeah, thanks so much for being here and being a part of this. Of course, yeah. Yeah, what what did you want to talk about today? Um, so yeah, I think um, you know, love hurts obviously. I think people may automatically think about romantic relationships, but I kind of want to talk about friendships because I feel like that is something people are still kind of learning societally. Like I think there's so many guidelines for romantic relationships and not so many for friendships. And more specifically about how I had a friend who I'd known for 15 years or about a little over 15 years who disappeared. Um, Pretty much ghosted and just kind of dealing with that and sort of what I learned from that experience. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a big, yeah, a big thing to experience in your life I guess and it's like it's probably one of the longest relationships you've had in your life up to this point yeah I never thought about it that way but yeah (laughs) yeah not to throw that on the weight of that on it um yeah so what where did it all where did it all begin uh so we were in the seventh grade um we were on the tennis team and I don't remember exactly if I ever thought about her before or kind of noticed her, but she just came up to me or sat next to me one day when we're like waiting for the bus to pick us up. And she just asked me some random question about polyps. Like she, she (laughs) just like, aren't polyps weird? And I was like, are you sure? (laughs) And (laughs) don't remember any of the other conversation. I just remember like, who is this weird girl? talking to me about polyps and um and just so nonchalantly too um and that's kind of it yeah it was just this very open sort of easy moment um and then yeah we just kind of were on the same team um and we ended up kind of being in different classes some of the time because um she was one of those people that was in every honors class like probably from birth you know like she's just very much on that ivy league track um and so you know we would have some classes together and some not but um yeah we just kind of had this natural sort of way of talking to each other um that kind of yeah started from that very first conversation and like what kind of person were you at this time because i feel like that's a very strange opening line where a lot of kids would just be like uh, this kid's kind of weird. I'm okay. Like, who were, who were you at the time that you were like, yeah, this is interesting. I could like get into this. Yeah. I mean, I think especially rewatching Pen 15 or watching it in season two, like, I don't know if you've seen that show, but yeah. 
it's wonderful. But um, but I think like that show is so great at capturing like that because I was that age when we met, like kind of that in between of like you're still a kid, but you're starting to grow older and. I feel like once you get to 13 or 14, you get more insecure, get kind of more closed off and, you know, more um, discerning. And I think I was still at a phase where I was just very open to meeting new people. And I didn't I didn't really I just rolled with it, you know, so I, I felt pretty OK. And I, I in the end liked that she talked to me. Yeah, because it, it was kind of still a rarity. Like it, it's not something that happens to you that casually every day. And it's kind of great. Yeah. Yeah, so there's just like a welcoming, you had this like welcoming feeling and you weren't at a point where you were like worried about being cool yet or whatever, like mm-hmm. that thing didn't exist in your brain yet. So you're like, oh yeah, this is fun. This person just came up to me. She seems cool. Let's go with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so then now you're like buds, you're you're in some classes together. Yeah, so then we ended up being a different high school. So we really only were ever in the same school for two weeks. Or not two weeks, two years. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, yeah, so seventh and eighth grade, we were in middle school together. And then she got into um, like a high school, like we had our district had these like special, like you could get go to a different school within the district that's not the closest to your home based on like different programs. So she got into one that was like global studies, like something like that. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up going to something else. Um, so we were in different high schools, but we called each other on the phone. This is like pre-texting. So, you know, we would call each other on landlines. Um, everything I'm about to say is about to age me horribly, but <laughs> <laughs> we uh, made Zangas together. Uh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> remember those. <laughs> um, and yeah, we just kind of uh, talked to each other on the phone while we made them. We would like customize them um, and just... Yeah, I just talk about, I don't even remember what, just a lot of nonsense in a fun way, you know, like, you don't think about these things or every interaction. Yeah, and at that age, you're also just probably like, having, like, just getting to connect with somebody on that deep of a level, and you're probably just saying a bunch of dumb things that you're like, oh, these are fun thoughts that I have that I could just like share with a person. And just to have a person to share it with, I feel like is such a big thing at that age. Yeah, because I... I'm someone in general and I like as I get older I know this more and more about myself like I like I I don't know like I'm I'm good at meeting new people and I'm fine with like kind of building friendships with people but I ultimately like really only need a few really good friends and like I you know it's like I I don't I don't really need like a huge squad of people around me you know like I, I I think sometimes like Instagram especially kind of messes with people in that way and creates that expectation and I'm like I don't know it's like even zoom calls like anything above like four people myself included feels like almost too much sometimes um so that that's just me though so it I I felt very fulfilled I had other friends in high school but no one who I was as close with in my actual high school and then with her I just yeah I just felt like she kind of filled a, a huge gap for me there um and she's also just very smart um and we would just have these very kind of like i mean we're like 16 and you think everything you say when you're 16 is smart and like deep um but you know we would take long car rides and just talk the whole time about just like theories and like theoretical stuff and you just feel like you're so yeah just so deep and smart and (laughs) i don't know 
it's funny. I was, I guess this is like slightly an older age. It's yeah, it's like slightly after college, but I was just watching, uh, before sunrise recently. Oh, nice. And you know how like so much of that is just them like talking about their theories on life and stuff. And it's so funny. I remember like watching that around college age and being like, yeah, this is it. And then like looking at it now and being like, oh my God, this is so stupid. <laughs> like the fact that you think this, not that you think this way, but it's like, oh yeah, you were so young and just thought you knew what you were talking. Not that you don't know what you're talking about. But oh, but time, yeah, I know like, what you mean though. It's you're like so certain. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I want to talk about the world in this big way. Uh, and it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Again, it's fun to have somebody you can do that with. Yeah, and it feels very fulfilling. But I think the thing that I now also realize is that it's something that also makes it very easy to not be super vulnerable or have harder conversations because you're kind of then always analyzing the world or politics or, you know, psychology or whatever it is, philosophy. Um, which is great and fun, and it's very easy to apply it to other people and talk about other people. But um, what I've kind of realized, and especially like I could kind of open up and talk about things, but I feel like when it would get to her opening up more, and I realized this as as we got older, like she could ask me a question about my life um, and I would answer it, and I could ask her a very similar question and she wouldn't, or she kind of would very quickly deflect to ask me more questions. And I didn't maybe that happened when we were younger and I didn't notice it but as I got older I was like oh she doesn't really answer back <laughs> you know yeah so you're kind of running into this thing where you're like I can talk to this person for hours but I'm realizing I don't actually know a lot about this person at a under like a certain level yeah and I, and something that always always stuck with me was when we were in high school there was a point where a guy liked her or no, she she liked a guy and he was kind of like, if I remember correctly, just kind of like the quintessential like bad boy um, <laughs> of high school, you know, which was like kind of a curve for her to like. But, uh, you know, because she was very like studious, like, you know, very much uh, responsible, would never do anything. Um, and he was very much not. Um, and, you know, and I think she had feelings for him that were, um, you know, unrequited and. I kind of tried to ask her about it when we were driving in the car. It was the only time I'd ever seen her, like, emotional in any way. And she just kind of abruptly stopped the car and was like, I don't want to talk about it. And that was it. And we just didn't talk about it. Um, And I didn't press because, you know, obviously she didn't want to. But that was kind of a theme that even as we got older, like, especially with dating, like, it was just a thing. Like, she would have an issue with a guy or you know, or something wouldn't work out, but there'd be no conversation about it or ability to really talk about it. She'd be like, nope, well, I'm just not talking to him anymore. And that's it. And it's over. And that's all. And just like a very, like a shutdown kind of like, we're not talking about this. And, you know, and that was tough because for me, like I'm the opposite. Like I can talk to my friends about that kind of stuff forever, you know, and it's fine and it's not an issue. Um, but yeah, that was kind of where I started to sort of see where we were diverging a little bit as people. Um, and then we went to college um, and we were only like an hour train ride apart. But that was the same sort of thing where we kind of like could catch up and it felt like, um, you know, like no times passed. But uh, we didn't like I only ever visited her on campus like maybe twice. I don't think she ever stayed over at my dorm. Like maybe she would visit the city, but would never really stay. So like 
you know, in retrospect, I'm like, oh, we should have hung out a lot more, <laughs> you know? And it was sort of this idea of, like, we've now gone to these two different worlds and, you know, I don't know, just feeling kind of like... Yeah, like, I think in retrospect, like, even the way we handled the friendship all the way back then was kind of a warning sign. Um, but she moved to uh, New York after graduation, and we would see each other maybe, like, I want to say, like, maybe once a month. Um, and same thing, like, you feel like you could pick up where you left off and just kind of talk, and we would talk for, like, six or seven hours at a time. And it'd feel very chill and fun, but, um, you know, that's that's kind of, like, all the things like, you know, in, in hindsight, it's the same with like a breakup. You kind of look back and you're like, oh, this was a warning sign. Like this was not, we weren't really carving out real time for each other in like a real way, you know? Yeah. Which to me, if like, you were like, oh, we were talking for six or seven hours. I'm like, that's a long time. Like, I don't know if there's anybody I could talk to for that long. <laughs> and, but yeah, I guess it's like, you're running into the same problem of like, you're talking for six or seven hours, but to you, there's not a lot of like substance to it. Or that's something you're noticing more? Yeah, like we could talk for like, I really like talking to her about politics, for instance, because I didn't feel like, I, I don't know, like, I didn't feel like there was anything that was off limits, in a way. And it, it you know, because some especially now, like, with, with, like, you know, you it, it feels like it, it's always a very touchy conversation. Yeah. Even in 2016, it was like, kind of criticizing Bernie Sanders or criticizing Hillary Clinton felt touchy sometimes in a way that like with her like you could openly be like no this person's policy is bad you know or this sucks and it would just felt like very felt very freeing because I didn't feel like there was anything that we could say that um like could be offensive or bad or anything but at the same time you know even with politics like I think it's okay to be emotional now like as I get older I'm like because these are very emotional topics they're emotionally charged and i think like uh you know i think it's it's also weird that we would kind of sit around and talk so casually about something that i now realize like really impacts people um yeah so i don't know so that was yeah that was kind of like me starting to really realize like us kind of drifting a little bit more and then like so the other thing that i'm kind of curious about is like when you we're having these long conversations or these deeper conversations. If you would like, as you said earlier, you're somebody who could just like have conversations about your life or what you're feeling or this and that. Were there times when you would like try to talk about that in your own life? And could you, or like, how would it go when you were trying to share sort of some of that stuff about you that you felt like she wasn't sharing about her? Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think we would just, it's weird. I felt I felt like I was honest, but I also think there were times I think the relationship was also tested. And I don't think she was able to fully show up towards the end. Like I think when we were younger, like, yes, she was around more like we would talk every day. And um, she was there to, to like, she was a little bit more available in that sense. Um, but I think one of like, we took a trip together, five or six years ago. Um, and it was to her uncle or some one of her relatives has like a beach apartment in Florida so we flew there stayed there and at the same time I was like moving out of my old apartment to a new apartment and I had some like logistical issues where I was like not sure if I was gonna have to pay double rent um 
and it was like a, a kind of chaotic and it happened at the same time and I started to have like a panic attack over it and I started to freak out and I just remember like she was sympathetic but it didn't she wasn't really comforting me in a way like I felt like I was and I felt like a burden and a nuisance but I also think like I've had other <laughs> disastrous trips with friends like I had a with one of my good friends we went to Chicago like a long time ago and I got food poisoning on the trip and like you know and she was very attentive which like obviously you have to be when someone has food poisoning but she was also like very emotionally attentive and like you know I've had friends that like yeah like things happen sometimes when you don't want them to and sometimes on vacations or whatever and like I think like a good friend won't make you feel bad about it and they'll also be there to actually make you feel okay and to make you feel better when you're distressed and I think she just kind of you could see like she kind of visibly shut down from all of it and didn't want to deal with it and I think I sort of dealt with it and I because I still felt so guilty if I ruined her trip in any way but I also it kind of prolonged the panic attack felt like it was prolonged because I didn't have that support in that moment I didn't have anyone sort of saying hey like you know you'll figure it out or like let's let's you know hey let's brainstorm let's figure out what what we can do right now and and a number of my other friends that I have now would do that for me. Um, and she couldn't. And I think that was sort of one of the last, like this was years before her ghosting, but that was another kind of moment. Yeah. Like looking back on it now, you're like, Oh, another warning sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I guess if we want to move on to the actual ghosting, what, what <laughs> the main event? Um, yeah. yeah. So what happened was, uh, we this was in 2018 and you know we were kind of in that routine of like seeing each other less and less frequently because she was she works in finance and she was working you know as people always talk about like crazy hours like 14 hour days is normal which it's not normal but (laughs) um you know is is just what she was used to um you know and i would see her very often when she was like just getting up from like a 20 minute nap in the middle of working all day on a Saturday, like that kind of stuff. So it was, it was, she was just so overwhelmed. Um, and I could see that. And one of the last conversations I remember us having in person was her kind of talking about moving to a different city, uh, with the same company that she's with. Um, and also being at this crossroads where she was like, I could stay kind of on the path I'm going at work and eventually work fewer hours, but be bored. Or I could, go into a different field but it within the same company and like a different route but basically end up working even more and being even more stressed out but it's fulfilling or it feels like challenging and I kind of pushed her I was like well why do you have to do the the one that's more work though because aren't you working a ton right now aren't you stressed and like she just kind of couldn't answer it and couldn't go beyond the um the needing to just kind of talk about like just needing to have this career that she's envisioned. And I think a lot of that comes from like having to uh, like kind of planning out your life to like go to an Ivy league school, for instance. Yeah. Like the expectations she had put on herself over the, however many years leading up to that point. Yeah. Cause I, I'm reading this great book right now called um, can't even, and it's about how millennials became the burnout generation. Um, and it's based off of that like viral essay from like 2018 that Buzzfeed published, which was yeah about millennials burning out. And 
it's just like so much of that is the like you're kind of trained to be like a mini walking resume from like childhood to adulthood and i feel like and that's maybe part of what happened is because she went to one of the top IVs, like in her, everyone in her family, like her brother and both her parents were all IVs. So it's just like that is enormous, colossal pressure to, to have. Yeah, and it's tough because like I feel like in that moment, it was sort of her version of opening up the way you kind of describe it because it's like, yeah, I'm feeling like I have all this happening. I don't know what to do. And yeah, you're trying to be there for her, but it's like... Yeah, those expectations that are on her have already, like, made the decision up or whatever, where it's like she can't go any... It's tough. It's a tough position for, I guess, both of you to be in in that scenario. Yeah, because also, like, if you're going to recognize, like, that you're burned out and I've done the same, like, it's looked... It's manifested in different ways for me because I picked more of, like, a creative career. Um, And, like, I've never... Like, she's just fully had the stable job and made a ton of money. Like, it's one of those things, like, you know going in, you're going to make a lot of money, like, six figures upon graduating. And that's that's very different from... Like, I think I told her my salary once, and she just went, oh. (laughs) 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 And it's like... And I... Because it was, like, half of what she made, you know? Yeah, and it's like... Yeah, and you're doing much more of, like, that, like, hustling work versus just, like... I guess she's doing the wear away like you just have to do this many hours of this job that is not that great and you're doing stuff that you're liking but it's all the hustle that goes into that and probably working more than you want to as well and you're like yeah that's you're you're able to see like yeah I know what these signs are I've I've experienced them and I want to just like be here for you in this moment and say hey there are options. Yeah, and especially with that education and with that work experience, like you can go into a lot of other fields that are more fulfilling maybe and there's just such a fetishization of like working so much and and being this person who fully burns out. Um, And yeah, so like I I think one of our, that was one of our last conversations and then back, the the ghosting itself happened all the way in 2018, but um, it was like, I remember like in May she texted me and I was, I was away on vacation. She had texted to hang out and I said, Oh, I'll text you when I'm back or whatever. And she never responded when I did text her back. And then a month later, my childhood dog died. Um, So I had a a dog growing up. She was grew to be pretty old. She was almost 17 when she passed. Um, But like she, she had met this dog. Like she, she's pet the dog she knows how big the dog was to my life <laughs> you've pet my dog you should you pet you pet you know that emotional attachment you pet it yeah and she just didn't really say much all she said was like oh sorry to hear and then she kind of sent a text about and she was dealing with bed bugs i remember and i maybe also was i was mad like that she didn't say anything and then i said like oh i'm sorry to hear back because i was like also mad i'm like you can't yeah you're both like (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so it was maybe like a weird standstill moment but i was annoyed because i was like this is a really big deal like and you knew this like dog had health problems and i at the same time i had a friend who's never met my dog (laughs) and she my other friend checked in with me and was like hey like are you sure you're okay because like you haven't really talked about this very much and I knew my parents were going through a lot with it. Um, and yeah, and just that was kind of an eye-opening moment. Um, and, you know, and also prior to even that all happening, I think like months before I had texted her like, oh, I feel like we don't see each other very much. I wish we could. And 
she responded positively to that, but I think it had started to feel like I'm always going to be that person that has to be putting myself out first and not, um, not her and not get that reciprocated. And I think that this was sort of like a big moment where I kind of realized like she can't do this very simple thing, you know, or even if she's busy with bed bugs now, like you could respond in a few weeks or something and say, Hey, you know, I'm, I know you're going through this. Um, and yeah. So afterwards though, I kind of let it go. I waited a few months and I, had texted her happy birthday um, and hadn't heard back and maybe texted her once or like a few more times and didn't hear back. And then the last time I tried to text was start of the pandemic because I was worried about her. And I just said something like, uh, hey, like, I just wanted to check in, make sure you're, you know, you're doing okay with the pandemic. I don't really know what happened between us, but I think about our friendship a lot. And, you know, anyway, hope you're doing okay and never heard back. Um, and then I checked her LinkedIn cause I was curious if she ever moved and she did. So she moved cities and didn't tell me like it's insane. Wow. And yeah, so she ended up moving to the city. She talked about getting the title that she wanted that she had mentioned that would, I think would stress her out more and that's it. And it's been, yeah, almost two more than two years and have not heard from her at all. So, and, you know, I think I've gone through the motions of like, I had to get a new phone, but my phone number didn't change. But I was like, no, maybe like that messed something up or maybe she tried yeah. to get it. But I'm like, that doesn't make sense. And also we have Facebook, we have email. Like I'm very easy to track down. I yeah, have, like, like in this world, it's not <laughs> hard to get in touch with somebody. Yeah. And I have like the most distinct name. Like you could track me down <laughs> pretty easily. So it was just sort of like... But, you know, people, it's similar to what people do in relationships where you start to bargain or start to think like, oh, maybe, maybe he or she did, didn't mean to do this. Or maybe, maybe they, you know, all these, you make, you create all these outlandish scenarios that aren't true at all, but you want to feel that hope that, um, that it, it isn't actually a person just giving up on you. Yeah, it's really tough. Yeah, because it's that thing, what you just said, it's like the giving up, like it's, to put in that effort. And I guess it's like you, I feel like a thing you kind of have referenced a lot over this is this idea of um, like having people in your life who reach out, like the other friend who reached out about the dog. And so, as you said, like the, the warning signs that you're noticing along the way, and then you're probably like having people that are coming into your life that you're like, oh, they are putting something into this friendship that I wasn't getting out of this. And you're noticing more and more that like, yeah, maybe this isn't the perfect relationship that we have, but I still care about this person and there's still weight to this friendship. And it's, yeah, it's tough, especially like, I, I feel like the pandemic text is like such a, I don't know. I feel like that was a big, the I feel like there was a really big reconnecting with people at the beginning of the pandemic. And I feel like it was big of you to send that text to say like, hey, I'm still here and I would still like, to be a part of your life and i'm sorry that she didn't uh, text you back i don't know if i believe in closure because it's such a cliche but it felt like closure in a way even though it didn't because this was like the final because that was the most low-key like like you said the pandemic reconnecting like it's one of those things where even if i was mad like you know it's a pandemic. Like it feels like the the main thing that you're trying to get to is just reconnecting with people and opening things up 
Um, and I and I've had other relationships improve over the pandemic, you know, like starting with my romantic relationships, starting with my parents, start uh, my best friend and I had kind of a like come to Jesus moment where we sort of talked um, a little bit like we kind of recalibrated our friendship, I would say, because she also my my best friend lives far away. And like, we kind of had this moment where we were like, okay, we're kind of we're both dealing with this pandemic in different ways right now. And like, you know, basically my friend was like, I need a little more space right now because I'm like, I, cause she was dealing with a lot of like separate stress outside of the pandemic and couldn't be around as much to talk. And, you know, and also our friendship, we would just talk about certain topics that were getting kind of tough. And, you know, we had this long conversation where we kind of did this big check-in and, and realized like our friendship is morphing into a little bit of a different thing and that's okay. And it can be stronger for it. Um, and you're in any relationship, you're going to go through these phases where you talk about it and you reach a different conclusion. You're maybe slightly different people now and that's good. Um, but all to say, like, I feel like I'd been very open, um, throughout the pandemic, uh, just having all kinds of very open, vulnerable conversations with the people I feel close to. Um, but yeah, she just couldn't reciprocate. And I think now is the final chance where I'm like, because before I was always like, you know, if she texts me back, I'd forgive her, we'd talk it through, we'd be fine. And now I'm like, no, I just don't know. You know, barring some insane, ex- I don't even know what it could be, what, like what the justification or reasoning could be for her not responding for so long but i think i would yeah i just wouldn't i would be like yeah sure you know i don't even know i mean i think i'd be honest about how much it hurts and i would just be like you know we gotta move on because i just don't know if we can move past this and i don't know if we can pick up after two years like we used to over six months or whatever because things some things have just been shifted and changed Yeah, and it also feels like the way you think about friendships has changed a little bit. Uh, I definitely since like when you guys first met, but like even in the past six months, it feels like you've you've shifted the way that you look at people in your life, which I feel like everyone I feel like I've done that, too. And yeah, it feels like there's a part of you where if she texted you tomorrow, you'd be like, yeah, I just. I still think you're what we had a nice past, but you're just like not a person that I feel like I want to keep putting time into. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I've talked about with my, like with several of my friends and, you know, just kind of the, you know, you have to get something out of it ultimately. And I think like a lot of what I was holding on to was this sort of, you know, because it, it's such a, cause you don't have the reasoning. You don't understand why it happened. Um, like, I understand why we grew apart kind of naturally, but it still felt abrupt in how it ended. And I think, um, you know, like, it, it kind of, it, it sort of r- takes the rug out from under you a little bit. Do do people, like, is this something that you have talked to with other people? And do they, like, how do they respond to it? Like, it, like I feel like it's, it's, it feels like a breakup, right? Like, break in a romantic relationship. But yet I feel like it's, like, such different rules i guess or people just don't know how to talk about it the same way i mean i think i used to bring it up kind of more casually but i think before it was still like oh like you know there's still a chance she could get back to me or like because it's a friend and because you know the romantic relationship it would be like 
yeah, if a guy doesn't t- you know, text you back in a month, like you're probably not dating. Like, <laughs> safe to say. Uh, but with a friend, yeah, you it's all you know. It, that's very possible, especially if, when our friendship was already kind of like that. Like we wouldn't see each other for months, so it felt kind of like holding your breath a little bit. And like, in and that's the thing too. Like I didn't kind of realize until afterwards. Like, oh, I kind of always felt this slight instability in the friendship because she could just kind of not text back at all or disappear. And it's like, in a really, if you're putting someone on the tier of like a close or best friend, that's not a good place to be in. Like you want to feel like, okay, I have an emergency. I can call her. I know she can do, you know, talk to me. So I think for a while, the people around me kind of were like, yeah, that sucks, you know, but not really talking about it. But now that it feels a little bit more like a final thing that's happened. I've, yeah, I've kind of had more, conversations with like my parents or my my boyfriend or my best friend about this and they'll kind of yeah have similar condolences to a breakup like I'm sorry that you've like my mom recently was like oh my god like I'm so sorry because that's that's really painful and I was like yeah it is yeah it is painful because uh and that's the thing like um with breakups like because it's such a short amount of time and you know it's over like your friends are gonna buy you shots or you know what do whatever it takes to make you feel better if they're good friends or your family's gonna talk to you or you know whoever is in your life is going to be there for you but i think with a friend it's like you kind of walk around with this feeling of like shame and like instability and like there's this huge chunk of you missing and you don't have the like the space to really openly talk about it you know like you can't call out of work because your friend didn't text back the way that you could if like you went through a breakup or a divorce so yeah it's not something that people are you don't have rom-coms i guess i feel like there are a good there's a few like best friend like bridesmaids as we're, yeah, me like, and I my guess friends bri- were yeah. about that yesterday bridesmaids yeah bridesmaids is, is the rom-com <laughs> where the breakup is the friendship and it's like yeah there's there's definitely a few of those but it's not the regular thing that you're seeing in pop culture yeah or it, like maybe is starting to pick up more because i think like yeah. 10 15 hits on those notes i think um i don't know if you're familiar with the series my brilliant friend it's like a yeah it's a series of books and there's an hbo show as well it's um there's all it, it takes place in naples in the 60s and it's about that this like very intense friendship between these two girls and it it kind of goes through their the course of their lives and actually the opening of it also starts with one of them disappearing and then the narrator kind of goes into telling the story um so it is this very kind of complicated friendship and i loved reading that series and watching the show because it feels like it's giving the amount the appropriate gravity to a friendship and especially female friendships which i feel like can be so complex um in very different ways and I think that that's something that I'm, you know, and even like, I don't know if you remember the Caroline Calloway story that in the cut, have you ever read that? No, I don't think so. Well, she's like, I don't even know how to describe her. I guess she's like an OG influencer, maybe. (laughs) Uh, And she, (laughs) there's a story that her friend, her ex close friend, who was her ghostwriter, published this like expose about her in the cut. This was maybe in 2019. And everyone kind of, like, all me and my friends talked about how everyone, every female friendship, someone's a Caroline and someone's a Natalie. 
And, you know, and I think like a lot of these shows like Pen15 or My Brilliant Friend or Bridesmaids or whatever pop culture thing when it deals with two friends, there's, they're always kind of, there's a similar dynamic of like, kind of like feeding off of each other and one person kind of taking more of the spotlight or one person being a little more emotional or a little bit more closed off and how that impacts that balance um, in a way that like, I think it is just so important to explore and that we don't really have um, that much of yet, yeah, like compared to, yeah, like r- romantic yeah. movies or books. You're like, I need some more, I need some more best friend catharsis and this is what's going to give it to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Cause like I said, it's like, you don't really have the release and um, yeah. I, yeah. I think also I just finished this book called big friendship um, and it's about, uh, these it's it's a true story and it's about these women who um, both work in media and they um, I think they both work in media but they have a podcast uh, called call your girlfriend and they um, are kind of like these two best friends and they the book is basically about how they go to therapy together which is kind of unheard of for friends it's usually couples <laughs> therapy or family yeah, therapy, I've never heard of that but that's great they like invest in it because they were doing this podcast together and they had to kind of deal with this pressure of performing their friendship while at the same time they were living far apart they started having these small moments of um just misunderstandings that built up like it, it didn't seem like anything was really really big or wrong it wasn't like oh she slept with my ex or something it was just very like these small moments that add up um and especially when you live far away and you you're both busy it kind of it becomes a a bigger rift so they invest time into making their friendship better and i think it's a really wonderful book because it just kind of talks and addresses these things in like a very honest way and and i think it's i think we should normalize friends going to therapy um i think we should normalize everyone going to therapy (laughs) to be clear but (laughs) definitely friends. But yeah, yeah yeah i could see i could see the benefit of that there's there's definite like and again it's just like a relationship that you care about that you want to put that kind of work into so i could totally it makes sense i i i think this is a platform that you should start really sending out into the world yes i know i that's the thing i feel like i i don't know if i I guess I'm a friend truther. <laughs> I don't know what the right <laughs> I don't know what the right the right term for that is, but I <laughs> It's a very strange I... very strange subreddit. <laughs> yeah, just getting it out there. Oh man. Well, thanks so much for sharing all this, Julia. Yeah, of course. Um if people want to find out more about what you do, can they follow you on social media or do you have a website or something? Yeah, uh, my website is just myfullname.com and then um, and my handle on all social media is jpugs, J-A-Y-P-U-G-Z. Um, yeah, and that's that's pretty much it. Cool. Well, thanks so much for sharing. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. This is how we love. This is how we Love Hurts is produced, hosted, and edited by Brian Berlin. Theme music by Mickey Hommel. Show art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Twitter and Instagram at lovehurtspod, and our website is lovehurtspod.com. I'm Brian Berlin. And this 
is Love Hurts. 